0: your host
1: Sean Shapiro. Well we were going to open with a heartfelt discussion of NHL player safety and Jamie Alexiak's recent two-game suspension and we'll still we will still talk about that but as Ryan said to me when we uh When we got on here, he has more important things to talk about than a suspension for the uh, stars, seventh best defenseman. So Ryan, take it away.
0: Okay. Um, and you, you kind of make it sound like this is something that's been festering under the surface for me all weekend, but it literally happened when I looked this up about 15 minutes ago. Um, I will start this, I guess, I guess the best way to start this is how awful do you, would you rate the stars goaltending as this year?
1: Am I looking at other factors,
0: or am I looking – okay, let me let – me just, just on the surface, if you were – I mean, you are, an, I would say, a partisan observe, neutral observer. I don't know why I said partisan. I, as a neutral observer, how would you rate the Stars' goaltending play this season?
1: It has been average.
0: Okay. Well, that was not what I was expecting you to say. I was expecting you to say it has been awful because if you look at the numbers of Kari Lett and Anthony Yemi, that's what you would say on the surface, but did you know – that Dallas has the 12th best even strength save percentage this season in the NHL.
1: I wouldn't have believed that. I wouldn't have. It is true. I, I, would, is true. I would say the save percentage is average. I, I would say the goalie's a bit average, and the rest of the team has not been good. And
0: well, that I'm glad you said that, because that kind of feeds into my next point. The Stars' even save save, save percentage this year has been 926, which, I mean, 926 for an individual goalie, overall for the season is very good for a team at even strength that's about middle of the road as we've kind of established they're 12th in the even strength save percentage right now did you also know that the stars are currently 25th in even strength goals for for 60 minutes of play
1: i did know they were in the 20s
0: did you know that they are 13th in goals against per 60 minutes for even strength.
1: Now that's a stat that tells you it should be a winning team.
0: Exactly. That's what we're going for. Well, this is – okay, this is – let me try to figure out how to tie this all back together. What this is saying is basically the point I'm trying to make here is everyone has been justifiably bagging on the Stars goaltending this year because they haven't been very good. But the fact of the matter is the reason why the Stars are a sub-500 team this year is their offense at five-on-five has been – awful this season
1: well jamie lex not sorry not jamie Lexic. jamie ben has uh ja- jamie ben has two five on five goals this season that's yeah. it
0: well if you look at you look at jamie ben who i saw you having discourse with someone about this on twitter the other day may or may not still be suffering adversely from his offseason core muscle surgery and as you said he'd never admit to it but i think it's a reasonable assumption to say that he's probably not in the same condition he was at this time a year ago you mm-hmm. look at Patrick Sharp, who they've missed for a significant portion of the season because of concussion issues. But even when he's been on the ice, he has not been a very effective player. And Jason Spezza, who has missed time with injury this year, but when he has also been on the ice, he has been less than a very effective player. I think you, it's not unfair to say that Jason Spezza has been more of a detriment than he has been a help this season. These are some uh, – I'm just kind of – There's that was really the beginning – of the logic that i wanted to say but there's i mean there's more stat like i'm at puckalytics.com right now and it's full of juicy information about how awful the stars have been offensively this year they have the fewest offensive zone face-offs or percentage-wise of all face-offs taken so far this year the stars offensive zone face-off percentage the lowest in the nhl which tells you that they're not getting sustained offensive pressure and these are five on five stats by the way Mm -hmm. but Going back to that save percentage thing, if we're talking about a team that has a penalty kill that is any better than absolutely awful, this is a team that's probably a little bit above five
1: hundred right now. Do you have the but do you, the matter? What do you have the list for five on five save percentage in front of you? Yeah. Who? Where does it give me? Where does say uh, Philadelphia fall on that? A team that's arguably the best team in the NHL in their current way they're playing right now. They've won nine in a row.
0: Philadelphia's even strength save percentage is 29th in the NHL at
1: 9.10. Who's 30th? Now that I know who's last, who's second to last.
0: Carolina at 9.08. Okay, that doesn't surprise. The best team in the NHL at even strength save percentage is Chicago at 9.545, uh, and that helps them. In the fact, the only reason that they're not. Completely running away with the Western Conference right now is because they have their penalty kills even more god awful than the Stars is.
1: They still beat the Stars the other night.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the point that I wanted to start this off with is while everyone's sitting over here, yeah, I think a dump on the play of Kari Letton and Anthony Niemi, the fact of the matter is the team in front of them has been, I think, unquestionably more of a problem than the two goaltenders have.
1: And I agree with that completely. Um, the I take a look at, I think well, let's take the most this most recent weekend for example. There's a couple. Corey Letton and you look at the game they lost. Um, the, the game they lost on Saturday, he had a hundred percent save percentage at even strength. Yeah, and he was. And then against Chicago, now going on aside here, he shouldn't have started against Chicago on Sunday.
0: Uh, no, I don't know why Lindy is continuously doing this. Let's play Kari and back to back on back to back nights. Because clearly, that's. I feel like there's a whole host of evidence that says that's a really bad idea.
1: Well, and this is not. And if you're going, if you're the if if as the stars have tried to maintain, and they've always pointed out to us that they don't have a starting goalie, they have a one A and a one B. If you have a one A and one B, and you actually believe you have a one A and a one B, then it's a complete no brainer that you start. Miami against Chicago in that game, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I'm not and I don't know if him playing five straight games goes into him letting up the soft uh, goal by Hosa after the stars after the stars have taken a one nothing lead, but it's still he shouldn't be in that position there. He shouldn't be in a position where he's playing back to backs when you, both your management and your coaching staff claim we have two number one goalies.
0: Yeah, and I mean it's not like Miami's numbers have been. Systematically worse than Kari's have this year. I wonder if I can find. Hold on, let me. I was just looking at team stats. I bet you I can find goalie stats on this place too.
1: Well, and has been. has been. I mean, there's no complaints with what he's done lately. I mean, the the game against uh, against Philadelphia, he had the arguably arguably the save of the year against Philadelphia.
0: hmm
1: Um. With the with the, the glove save. Um. He's been. There's been times this year where when they played Calgary the other day, the other day, and they lost. He was just outstanding. He kept them in the game, um, and he's made big saves. That, he's actually made big saves that look like this is the goalie who everyone thought he was before before he had the concussion. What uh, three years ago now, I think, um, and you you can't blame him for the, for the reason results and i'm agreeing with you i'm agreeing we're 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 in complete agreement right now and niami has been good when called upon and the team in front of them is it's not a good hockey team right now that's something that that i that people i think people just need to accept right now it's not it's not a good hockey it's team
0: not a good this is i don't know what happened um but this is this team is not the team that we saw last season and continuing to compare this team to last season if they while they're continuing to play this way is an argument that's just going to make you mad. <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Okay, here we go. Ante and even strength save percentage is almost a full percentage point higher than Kari's.
1: So what's what 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 would it reach them at? What
0: Kari's at nine two two five and Auntie is at nine three zero five. Why? And that's with Ante facing. Four and a half more shots per sixty minutes, at even strength per game.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's, that's not bad. That's if, if, if you took names off of that, if you took names off of that and just go gave those stats, I guarantee you some people would think that would be they wouldn't they wouldn't guess it would be the Stars goaltending tandem. Um, let's see, Antti Niemi has
0: a higher even strength save percentage than John Gibson, Andre Vasilevsky, Pecarine, Roberto Luongo, Cam Talbot. Martin Jones, Jake Allen, Peter Marazic, Cam Ward, Frederick Anderson, Connor Hallibuck, Ben Bishop, Henrik Lundqvist, Jake Markstrom, Yaro Halak, Marc-Andre Fleury. Let's put, okay, let me put it this way.
1: Who, do, there's, who, there's,
0: wh- who doesn't he have a high? There's only 16 goalies that have a higher even-strength-save percentage than Antti Niemi. Aaron Dell. Who I couldn't even have told you who that was.
1: Former uh, er- Dell, former Allen American in the ECHL, and uh, worked his way up from uh, the, the the Dallas Metroplex area.
0: Oh, there you go. I did not know that. I mean, it's basically. I mean, it's a list of a bunch of guys. You well, not. I can't even say that because then you have Anders Nelson, Devin Dubnik, Corey Crawford, Carey Price, Scott Darling, Jimmy Howard, Philip Grubauer and well, three of the guys in front of him have played less than 10 games.
1: I do like, and I want to pause, and I want to go back to an argument. Um, I want to go back to an argument I've had with other people in the past where I've always been a person who's thought Pekka Rene was overrated. And so I very much enjoy that you pointed out that Anthony Emi has a higher save percentage than Pekka Rene, because Rene is a very good goalie, but I think he gets way too much credit for what Nashville's system does for him. That's an aside. But
0: right, um, this is a really long i mean there's I mean it's just there's a lot of ways I'll link I'll tweet this out after you tweet out the podcast yeah. if anyone wants to screw around with this because I could probably lose about three hours into looking at this, but basically
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's that's the point I'm making here is don't blame the goalies, everyone in front of them's been bad
1: well, everyone's been bad it's a bad hockey team with the exception of the fourth line that's. Yeah. That's that's and that's that's both good and bad. I mean, that if you're looking for a silver lining, is the good thing is the fourth line has been good, but you don't want on a team with this roster, you don't want the likes of Curtis McKenzie, Devin Shore, and Adam Cracknell to be your best line. It's,
0: right.
1: I mean, that is a honestly, that's a if everyone's healthy and comes into the air, that's a very good age show line possibly. Mm-hmm. You don't want yeah. you don't want that to be your best line, and that's what it's been. I mean, there's because if we look at it, say Hemsky, if Hemsky and Yanmark are healthy right now, Hemsky and Yanmark are healthy. If Sharp's also healthy, and those three are all in the lineup, those the other the three guys we talked about as the fourth line are out of the lineup right now. Yeah, and that tells you everything you need to know about how bad this team is right now. Where they don't have, they have, they don't have the they don't have the guys who are playing who are supposed to be their best players being their best players. I mean, it was. We were joking about go back to the, when the Stars beat Nashville last week, and they put Spezza, Sagan, and Ben together, and they actually they actually produced. They all three scored a goal. They had some points, everything like that. We, I mean, the running joke that some of us had after the game in the media contingency was it was really nice of the Stars' depth players to finally show up.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if that makes me want to <laughs> laugh or cry.
1: But it's it's I mean, I mean, I, it's. It's not a good hockey team right now, and that's just...
0: No, I mean, if you want to look for a silver lining, the Stars are shooting 6.65% at even strength, so maybe the law of averages says that comes up a little bit, but, I mean, we're also getting to the point where this is the team with the second-worst goal differential in the NHL, and you're starting to run out of time.
1: Yeah, and I think...
0: Before this deficit becomes insurmountable, because, I mean, you can look at the silver lining and say, hey, they're only two points out of the final wild-card spot, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh, they have... Three more games played than both of their two main challengers,
1: yeah, and the other thing you take and look at with this group and i I maintain they're a bad hockey team right now, but if you are if you want to prove you're not a bad hockey team it's it's show up it's it's show up or shut up time now with they have um, eight of the next nine at home they've got a five game home stand coming up, and you're looking at the stars can't you're looking at a stretch right now coming up. The stars can't make the playoffs over the next two and a half weeks, but they can knock themselves out of the playoffs in the next two and a half weeks for good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a stretch where if you're going through and you have ne- five, you have the next five at home, if you if you lose, say you lose, say you lose Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow night against Anaheim, and then you go into Thursday night's game, um, I believe against the, the Rangers. play the rangers thursday if say you lose say you lose those two games and all of a sudden you're playing a philly team that i'm assuming is still going to be playing very well on saturday that could could that game could be the season if you lose your next two games it's that's where this team's at right now
0: yeah i don't have anything to say that would contradict or add to that statement it's it's kind of sad to think about how too far this team has fallen that quickly but yeah you're absolutely right they're not playing and it's you need to start sh- i mean it goes into the same thing you need to start, start showing signs of life because then you know you talk about they lose that game then they're what two and six two and seven this month if they lose these next two
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you, you get to the point where you know doubts if it had if it's not already starting to creep into everyone's mind it's fully crept into everyone's minds and you know all of a sudden they're sitting there thinking like oh crap this might actually we might actually be on the outside looking at, it at the end of all this
1: yeah and it's it's not a and there's lots of blame to go around for it and you're looking i mean stars of the fourth or fifth worst uh, worst winning percentage in the league right now um it's uh i think i'd, I'd have to look it up to be for the exact number but it's fourth or fifth worst winning percentage in the league. And the only reason that they get taught, and the only reason that there's any talk about them being a playoff team, frankly, is people have expectations for what happened, uh, for what happened from what happened last year. If this was Mm -hmm. the, if this was, if, if, if we were going off what happened two years ago and they came into this season, this would be expected. Yeah. It's, it's not a good hockey team right now. There's a couple factors that go into that. Um, and, one one, reason, one thing I think we have to look at, and, and, and I want to bring it up on, on the podcast here, is there's, there's, there's blame to be shared on all levels. And I think the injury excuses, while it was a storyline early on, those have to be thrown out now. You don't have time for that. Everyone deals with the injuries in the NHL. It, it sucks. Um, but you have to deal with it. But you have the point, too, where you have to start looking at all levels of it. There's the defense, which has been... Bad because you haven 't gotten consistency from from uh, from players and they haven't been a, been a, put in a position to play consistently we've talked a lot on this podcast before about how there's how they 've handled defensemen is, is poor on both the coaching and management front and there's also there's also the biggest issue and I think we really you, you started with and I want to hammer it away one more time is the fact that you have the big names who aren 't showing up, and as long as There, as long as you have Jason Spezza, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan at five on five, looking like average NHL players, you're going to be an average or below average team.
0: Yeah. So that basically is it.
1: It's and and this schedule and this schedule doesn't get and this week doesn't get any and isn't very forgiving either. It's you have. The Ducks are the Ducks are coming into town on Tuesday and the Ducks have just scored three goals on the power, went three for four on the power play on Sunday against Ottawa the other night. So that, that, that's, that's a, that's a matchup to watch right away. And then you have the Rangers who are playing well. They're getting, Rangers are getting, are getting very good goaltending right now from, from Antti ronta who <laughs> so I don't know if he'll play Thursday yeah, or, right. Thursday night or not, but, and then the Flyers who we saw this past weekend, it's not an easy stretch and you're looking at you're right on the edge of an edge of a cliff right now where you need to see the team win a game a they're not supposed to and b actually win back to back when when a team's only won back to one back games once all year you're not a good hockey team anywho anywho um so we've 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 shoveled and we've thrown enough dirt on that subject I actually do want to talk about the Jamie Alexiak suspension, <laughs> even though we, uh, even though I, I do want to talk about the Jamie Alexiak suspension, not because of who the player is, but because of, um, because of the implication for, because uh, as you and I were talking about it before the podcast, what the hit looked like. I
0: mean, it looked exactly like, hold on, I'm still browsing and I just, Jason Spezza at even strength.
1: No, oh, you're going back there.
0: <laughs> yeah, has a 33% goal share, which means basically that for every three goals that are scored when he's on the ice at even strength, two are by the other team. So that's just kind of one last pile of dirt to add onto that.
1: There you go. Okay, well, now you're going to answer my question about how the Alexiak hit looked like the It, it exactly like-, like the hit
0: that Nazem Kadri laid on Sadin earlier this year that he didn't even get a hearing for.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: here's and that doesn't even equate to the fact that Jamie Alexiak is a good half a foot taller than Nazam Khadri. So it's not like he can really hide how he's going to hit somebody because sorry, you're that much taller. You're going to hit someone in the head, even if you don't, yeah.
1: I, I have a cu-
0: yeah. contact's going to be high because you're just taller. Sorry. I have, I have a
1: couple thoughts on this suspension. first is Oops. the first is if I gave you, if I gave you the rule book, just the rule book and i gave you the video of that hit you'd give it a suspension simply because because of the simply because looking at the rule book that is that is the letter of what the rule book should be now if i was to go say here's here's three hits that were suspensions and i was to give you video evidence and say hey here's three hits that were suspensions and here's three hits that weren't suspensions where do you think this falls all of a sudden you'd say ah, well that's not a suspension it's it's so the problem is not with the rule. The, I mean and I'm all for protecting guys, protecting players and in and, and giving and protecting people's brains and I'm, I'm all for that. But the the problem with this is the rule's great, the application is bad. That's 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 really what it is. It's you don't have an even you don't have even uh punishment given out for it and you don't have the um and you also don't have consistency. I mean, it's – what else is Jamie like? I mean, it, I, th- I think it was – I think the most telling thing to me about it was Lindy Ruff was asked about it the next day um, before the Chicago game, and he said at the time he hadn't even – he didn't even think twice about it during the game. He didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't even call a penalty on it. Yeah. So it's – I think if if you're going off the rule book if you're going straight off the rulebook, I would have given him a game. But that's because yeah. I, that's because I would have been going off the rulebook. But mm-hmm. if I was the same person who had set a precedent, but if if I'm going off, I uh, use some courtroom jargon, if I was using pr- what prior precedent was, it shouldn't have been a hit. It shouldn't have been any suspension.
0: Yep. And Speaking th- of Jamie Alexiak, did you see Red Gudis try to headbutt him in the balls in that game?
1: That was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it's like...
0: Like, Radko Gudis legitimately is not a bad hockey player, but he just does some dumb shit on the ice sometimes.
1: Oh, I think Radko Gudis is the only, and just because I watch the Stars more than any other team, obviously, but the, uh, there was a point in the, in the game, in that Philadelphia game, where there was a penalty where, where uh, Antoine Roussel got a call. On Ratko Goudis, where I think I think I think the only Ratko Gudas may be the only player in the NHL that doesn't get a call from the referee that that Antoine Roussel gets a call over. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ooh, I'd
0: have to think about that. I think you're right. I literally don't think that there would. I mean, maybe like Steve Ott or
1: maybe, but Steve Ott,
0: Sean I- Avery, if he was still in the NHL,
1: yeah. But I think you're looking at two players who aren't ever going to get a call. It's those two. Yeah. And then when, when there was, they, when they were tangled up, it was Antoine Roussel who got the positive call, which is just <laughs> tells you. Every, unheard,
0: of. unheard of. Unheard of.
1: Unheard of. Now, Rad Goudas, though, is not a bad hockey player. He's just, he's an idiot on ice sometimes. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. It's, well, just sticking with defensemen real quick, um, uh, I think Alexiak would have been a healthy scratch either way on that in that Sunday game against Chicago. Johnny Oduya was going to come back in the lineup, um, and the Stars are once again back to technically right now they're only at seven defensemen. They have eligible since Alexiak uh, is suspended for Tuesday's game with Anaheim, and Julius Tarka is still on IR. But now we get back to the discussion we've had before, and we've got to revisit it. Oduya's back. What's the, What happens when Julius Honka can come off IR this week?
0: Can we rephrase this a different way? Sure. What do you think is the move that Jim Nill makes to jumpstart this team? What do you think is more likely? That he trades a defenseman or he fires his head coach?
1: I think he trades a defenseman.
0: Because I, I know we talked about this for a hot second last night, that mm. if the Stars could start this week 0-2, then you're talking about maybe if they lose Saturday, then we're firing up the, uh, the fire, the coach burners.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'd like to think that Jim Nail is a smart guy. And I'd like to think that he understands the predicament he has as coach in here. Wouldn't it be, I mean, I know there's no fairness in hockey, but wouldn't it be more fair to his coaching staff that he makes a move to correct his own mistake as opposed to trying to fire up the guys by firing the head coach and then saying, okay, you guys are in the same shitty situation. I'll just, we're going to have someone else try to make better of it.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. The, the thing I would do is I think the trade comes first Uh, because if you're changing your coach, you're sending, there's two messages you can send when you change a coach. The first message is, um, the first message is this is just to shake things up, which I disagree with doing that what you're actually when you're actually saying when you change your head coach is that we have the roster here who can win it's just not mm-hmm. being applied properly and that's i don't think that's the case right now there's there's quite there's coaching things you can question there's coaching and there's coaching decisions you can question, but you have to look back at the management and they don't have a roster there that could win just by changing a head coach so mm-hmm. So I think the first move, the first move is a trade. I don't know. I think there's a couple options for that. I mean, I've, I we've said before where Johnny Oduya is probably the guy is probably the one who gets who, who gets moved. Um, and, and and potentially I, there was another idea where I saw Mike Heike threw out the idea of trading Patrick Nemeth to Detroit for a prospect just to kind of just to kind of create some consistency on the defense and basically get addition by subtraction on that part where you have, you no longer have, you don't have nine defensemen. You have, you have eight, but that that's a minor move. I I, I think, I think we see a trade soon. I, I think it's, I think you're looking at somebody's getting a new, someone's getting a new address and a new team by Christmas. I, I, I really think that will happen. I think it's a point where you have to make a move like that. Um, it just depends on what, what deal it is.
0: Okay, that's a fair answer. I I would, I mean, I'd agree with that too. Because it's kind of shady for your GM to come out and say, "Okay, you're fired." You know, I put you in a really bad situation, man. You're fired. Okay, Jim, why don't you fire yourself first?
1: What? I mean, it's there's. (laughs)
0: So, Don't, I mean, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I mean, I've been interested to see how that plays out for the last two months and the way that the season has gone. I'm really not interested to see how it plays out anymore. I just kind of want it to play out so we can get it behind us. But kind I know, kind of going back into what you said there, that's kind of what the Ducks did last year. Uh, when they get to this point, they, you know, they started off the season, last season, pretty horribly. Mm-hmm. And their GM just straight up came out and said, I like the roster we have here. We're not making any moves. So it's on Bruce to get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And then they went on a, what? 35 game run where they lost like four times or something like that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, then, so, and then, and then, Bruce I don't know that, and then that that's going to happen here, but, and, and then Bruce Boudreau lost his job after losing in the first round of playoffs again.
0: <laughs> Go figure. Yeah.
1: It's, I, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think you fire somebody. Um, I don't. I don't think you fire the coaching staff. And I also want to. I also want to point out that because just because I see people address it on Twitter and things like that, and I just want, you're they're not going to fire an assistant coach. I, I hate when I see people talking about that because I see people say they need to fire Frazier because of what the power play is doing, and people discuss how they need to fire an assistant coach. You're not going to fire an assistant coach if you're firing. If you're firing a coach, you're firing the head coach. You're firing all of them. You're not firing. Right. You're not firing an assistant coach because. For one, that that tells that tell if you're gonna fire an assistant coach, it's, I'm sure it's been done before, but it sends the message to the head coach that okay, we're gonna we're gonna put someone else in here to to be in this role. Um, to, to, to fix to basically fix your crap from another assistant role it just they're not firing an assistant coach if right it,
0: this isn't like football where you fire the defensive coordinator because you've given up 40 points three straight games It's not going to have that same
1: effect yes and, and the other problem and the, the thing you look at and it's if you're going to and, and I'm not calling for it yet but I think if if the un if if the stars lose say they lose Say they lose the five all five games on the homestand, and I'm not saying they will, but just hypothetically, if the stars lose five games on the homestand, and you say, okay, you have to trade, you have to change the coach. They lost five games. They, they, they. That would be seven game losing streak. I think a seven game losing streak would be. I think if you heat, I think if you had seven games of a losing streak, I think that's the fair time to uh, to talk about firing the coach. Correct.
0: Yeah, especially when I mean when you're talking about a team that's not arizona Coy- coyotes trying to tank this season but when you're talking about a team that has that was legitimate aspirations to make a run in the stanley cup playoffs then a, yes
1: a team that was picked to to go to the finals by several people um yes. the so but say, say that did happen say you lose the next five and things are in a tailspin what route do you go that's that's the other thing that's there there's who do you go who do you go and hire as, as the next head coach
0: and that's the exact reason why I thought the Ducks were foolish to fire Bruce Boudreaux, because I'm very much not a proponent of firing the head coach mm-hmm. when there's no clear upgrade available.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Based on past precedent of teams firing their coach midseason, I would say they'd probably call up doll from the AHL. I mean, I don't know that that's a good idea, but I mean, I feel like that's the most logical thing that you would do, at least for the rest of this season.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that becomes, and that's worked for some teams. I mean, you look at, uh, in Pittsburgh, they want a Stanley cup doing it twice, uh, twice. They want it twice. They want a Stanley cup doing it. But then you look at, uh, the other thing it does too, is it can harpoon a coach's value. And it can, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're the AHL coach, they say, Hey, we're going to make you the NHL coach. You're going to take the promotion, but take mm-hmm. a look at what happened to uh, Todd Nelson at Edmonton where Todd Nelson was a very good coach for the Oklahoma city Barons. he probably would have been, he, he's pro, probably would have his, by his work with Oklahoma city, he deserved an NHL head coaching job somewhere, but Oilers made a coaching change midseason. They called up Nelson to be the head coach and he took over a terrible situation where just even, even to the point where the GM was saying he was helping coach some games and, <laughs> and now, um, and now uh, Nelson is an AHL coach again for very good AHL coach for the Grand Rapids Griffins, but a guy who, frankly, it didn't work. But he got called. He got called up to the wrong situation, and it and it didn't work out. Now you're you're basically if you're going to call up your coach from the AHL, you're basically saying you're basically slapping the interim tag on him, and if he goes and he does a great job, he sticks around. If not, you're, you're hiring a new NHL and AHL coach the next season. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, I mean, it's... I, I think this will, the, the reason we're having this conversation goes back to the prior point. They're not a good hockey team right now. Right. I mean, it's...
0: For a multitude of reasons, but the main conclusion is yes, you know, they're not. Good at all right now. Like, there's no, there's, I mean, there's. You can look. I mean, if you look really hard, you can find a couple of positive things. But the by for, and large, the fourth, there's not a lot going a lot right for yeah. this hockey team right now.
1: Yeah, there's the fourth line, and there's the fact Julius Honka is ready for the NHL quicker than expected, and those those are positives. <laughs> And you know what? I'll even throw in that the goaltenders, even since to go back to earlier points, I'll throw in the goalies five on five, even strength. If you
0: fix the penalty kill, I mean, your goaltending hasn't been, it's not been, I mean, if you took the five on five goaltending, they were getting this year and applied it to last year. This is a team that probably get, well, I mean, if you could also say if Sagan doesn't get hurt, this is a team that gets by St. Louis, but the goaltending hasn't been bad this year. Like I get the popular thing to do, is to make your initial play to bag on the play of the goaltenders because overall their numbers suck. And I'm not, I'm not like their combined save percentage overall is, I think, sub 900, which yep. is awful. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not like league average NHL goaltending save percentage is like 915. Yeah. That's nowhere near good enough. But the fact of the matter is it might even be a little lower this year. I don't know. Maggie, you got 24 goalies that have above a 915 mm-hmm. overall this year. But yeah, but the overall point is, is the stars are killing penalties. At they're basically giving up a power play goal a game.
1: They're basically giving up every four infractions. They're giving up a goal. That's what it, that's, yeah. that's 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 what it comes down to. If if that that's not a good <laughs> no, because that's I mean you can say, I mean I think it's fair to say that
0: you're going to take about you're going to concede about four power plays every game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At this rate, that's an extra goal the stars are tacking on that they're basically spotting the other team a goal to start the game.
1: Yeah. You're starting, you you know, you're not going to win that many games when you're doing that. It's a tough ass league, especially, especially when five on five, your best players aren't very good right now. Right. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, I'm really interested. I think we find out who this team is over the next week and a half. Honestly, I think it's, and that's a scary, uh, that's a, it's a scary proposition for stars fans because They could to go back what I said earlier, they they can't make the playoffs over the next two weeks. But they can knock themselves out and they could and they we could be effectively doing a season post mortem before 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 the end of twenty sixteen if the next if if the next if the next two weeks go continue to spiral. So we're gonna it's Lindy Ruff said it himself in the postgame yesterday that the next that the next homestand and the next stretch they have through the end of December is their season. And they have to prove over this mini part of the season that they deserve a second part of the season that anyone's going to pay any attention to. Mm-hmm. And,
0: yeah. It's really true. But I mean, stars fans know how this feels. This was my entire college career watching this hockey team is I get excited and hockey season starts. And then by January, I'm like, Oh, these guys are awful. Why am I paying attention to this? And then you get that late January, early February, February win streak that brings them within like three points of the playoffs. And you're like, oh, man, the playoffs are coming. We're going to do this again. Then they lose just enough before the trade deadline that the GM decides that he doesn't want to blow it all up and start over. He's like, no, nah, you know, we're not going to make any moves. We're going to go for it. Then they win a little bit and then they start to lose again. And you're like, you know, just lose out. Get a high pick. And then they win like three straight games. And then it goes down to the last day of the season, and then they lay an egg against Minnesota in the final game. to was the playoffs and end up picking 14th overall. <laughs> I went on this rant last night, but that's basically in a nutshell. This team is incapable of totally bottoming out while still being not very good. It's just it's unfortunate, and it's frustrating for me personally. And it's really frustrating that I'm having this conversation again because – I really hoped that last season signified that we were over that phase of my stars fandom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Apparently, we weren't. That was a good rant, though. I, 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 give, I give you, I give you first star of the podcast for that rant.
0: <laughs> if only I had a dollar for every time I've had that rant, I would have at least six dollars right now. Actually, One for every year that it's happened.
1: I thought it would have been more. <laughs> the, I mean. <laughs> Um, one thing I want to switch to, and it's a positive thing just to kind of talk about, um, uh, uh, we talked about goaltending and we talked about the positives of goaltending in the NHL to open the podcast. I want to just bring up, um, I'm really interested. One thing I'm interested in seeing within the stars organization right now, uh, because he made his first, uh, AHL starts this week, AHL start and first AHL appearance this weekend, um, is Landon Bowe, who is a, Goalie on the, on an AHL contract with the Texas Stars. He uh, stopped 72 of 74, I believe. I might be off by one, but 70, 72 of 74 this weekend uh, against Rockford. He came in in relief in one game um, and stopped 35 of 36, I think, and then came in and, and then stopped 36 of 37 uh, the next night um, against Rockford when he got his first AHL start. And I just kind of want to say this, so I have this on the record somewhere. That I think he's an interesting. I think it's a project that the stars are worth investing in, um, just because of his size and his positioning um, as he goes forward. He's a he's a big goalie. He was undrafted. Uh, he doesn't really have the pedigree of a of, of a high draft pick. He doesn't have the CHL goalie of the year status of Phil Rosier, But he he's big. He moves well, and I just think he's got – there's little things he has to do to, to to be able to be a legitimate NHL prospect. But he's a guy I think that – and I'm marketing on the podcast that I think you look at potentially earning an NHL deal by the end of the season. And that rant was just so I had that <laughs> – I just had that audio somewhere so I cannot – or, or of course, some, Ryan will use it to prove me wrong when he bombs out at some point. But hopefully I'm oh, – well,
0: See, that's not one of those things that you can even say that but- – I told you so. He bombed out on because it's like if he bombed out, it's like whatever. We offered him an AHL contract.
1: Exactly. So I but feel I mean, he's a guy.
0: He was a late bloomer. I mean, look at his his. I have his hockey DB page up right now. His last year in the WC, WCHA, woof. The WHL. I mean, he played had really good. I mean, granted, the WHL is the more defensive of the two leagues, but I mean, a nine three eight save percentage, of one seven six goals against. Granted, over only twenty three games, so those are still really good numbers, and he's been good in the ECHL this year. Yeah. And I mean, as we've seen from guys in the past that you don't necessarily need that high draft pick pedigree to be a successful NHL goaltender. Because if there's any more position in all of sports, that's more of a crapshoot than starting quarterback in the NFL it's starting goalie in the NHL. So it will be interesting to follow the rest of the year and maybe – Something positive will come out of it.
1: You brought something up, actually. You brought up starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and I want to—is
0: this uh, going to be a Tony Romo rant?
1: No, it's not a Tony Romo rant. Um, is
0: it a Dak Prescott rant?
1: No, it's not. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a rant. That it was a. It was a. It's a theory that was pointed out to me on Twitter the other night. That mm-hmm. here words Let me dig it up here. That the theory that. All other Dallas sports teams' uh, success has to be sacrificed for the Cowboys to do good in a year. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. For those who don't know, are eleven and two. Actually, I think. Hold on, I need to. Yeah, look. they're eleven
0: and two. They lost last night.
1: But I, the Dallas Cowboys are eleven and two, and we're in December. And hold on. The, uh, on December 12th, 2016, the Dallas Cowboys who have played 13 games have the amount, same amount of wins as the Dallas stars who have played 30 games.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. I bet you could throw the Mavs in there and they don't have that. If you combine the stars and the Mavs, they're probably not too much higher than 11 right now either.
1: Well, the Mavericks are like four and 15. So.
0: Yeah. So. There you go. So it's that's funny because yeah, the Rangers, the Rangers got snot clobbered in the wild card round. Yeah, It's here.
1: So it's it, there was a theory that was pointed out by. Uh, by I mean, even I'm, yeah, the, even I'm not the
0: even all of Texas college football was kind of yeah this year
1: too. Yeah, I'm not the originator of that
0: theory. Sucked, TCU sucked. Texas Tech sucked. A and M sucked. What do they do? Do they just throw like all these every Texas sports team into that big old hit that Gerard Butler kicked that guy to into in 300 and just say, here you go. No, make the Cowboys good.
1: Yeah. I've got to, I can't, I before I forget, I got to make sure I give credit to Aaron Bolin, who pointed that out to me on Twitter um, for, for this,
0: for this theory. Does this mean when, uh, when Dak turns back into a pumpkin, like we started to see last night and the Cowboys pooped their pants over the last two weeks and then bow out in the wild card round that the stars will be good again.
1: Well, it, that would be. I mean, if you look at the timing for that, say th- if 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 Dak Prescott has a bad game this week against Tampa Bay, and the Stars win three straight, and then Tony Romo starts the next week against I don't know who they play the next week, but they start starts the next week, and it would it would work out well. It would put it would put the it would it would kind of work out well with the Stars' homestand if that is if this theory indeed <laughs> rings true. I'm
0: gonna pay attention to this. Because if this happens, then we're going to have to have start the podcast off next week talking about how we need to sacrifice the Cowboys to save the star season.
1: Well, it's—I mean
0: it's, Is this a sacrilegious thing to say? Am I going to start getting hate mail because I said
1: that? I don't think so. I, I hope not. Do we have enough
0: Cowboys fans, pri- primarily Cowboys fans, who listen to this for it to even be a deal? I don't. Uh, Probably not.
1: Possibly, I don't know. Possibly, I mean it's it's it, it's still a it's still an whether you agree or not it's still an interesting it's a, you look at when the Cowboys were good and they were winning Super Bowls in the '90s the Stars were uh, were not a good team then and well actually technically they were good but they were in Minnesota still um, and then and then when they came and then in the '90s when the uh, in the mid '90s when the Stars were here and the Cowboys won in Super Bowl '96. The Mavericks, as it was, was pointed out to me, were also very bad then. Um, I don't know anything. I'll admit my basketball knowledge of the mid-90s doesn't include much past that Michael Jordan won six championships. But um, it's uh, it's an interesting theory that uh, – you know what? It's proven true this year. So
0: I'm most definitely going to pay attention to this now. I'll make some spreadsheets. <sighs> Henry- Just kidding. I won't actually make spreadsheets, but I am going to pay attention to it it because I like coincidental things like this. They make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, it was, I I didn't work this Sunday. Stars and stars and cow always played at the same time this past Sunday. And so I was about to see, look at the results, but they both lost on Sunday. So it didn't work out there. Um, I don't know. It's a good theory. Thanks to Aaron for uh, pointing that out. And, uh, you know what? Next week will be more fun. I promise next week will be more fun because we're going to talk. Uh, we're, we'll, do our World Junior, uh, we'll do our World Junior preview for guys to watch and things like that and both the stars front. And I'm guaranteeing it's a little bit of fun no matter what happens this week.
0: Oh, yeah. I love, I love World Juniors. This is one of, my, one of the things I get most excited about for, for Christmas is watching this, yeah. especially since the USA under-20s are probably better than the Canada under-20s at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. suck on that one canada we're, we're just going to try and insult all cowboys fans and canadians as we go out aren't we today <laughs> yeah bring it on canada <laughs> well next week we'll have some more fun with world junior promise we'll do that and uh hopefully we uh i don't know maybe we'll have that trade to talk about finally so everyone uh thanks for listening